Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So, a few days ago, I had a flashback, and at first it seemed like just this really mundane memory that didn't really have any relevance. And I can remember the event, I guess we'll call it, when it actually happened, And even then, it didn't seem like anything out of the ordinary or like it meant anything. So I was logging into AOL using dial-up, which anyone that's old enough to have used that knows it is very loud. And it's nearly impossible to log in to a dial-up internet without the entire neighborhood knowing that you're logging in. But at this specific time, my parents were not home. They were on vacation. And I don't know exactly where they were. I assume they were in Aruba because my grandmother had a timeshare there, so they would visit pretty frequently, at least once a year. And my mom's youngest sister was babysitting me and my brothers and staying at the house with us. So she had, I guess, heard maybe that I was logging in and she showed me how to look up like search history or something like that. And it was a bunch of pornographic sites. At the time, I just assumed... I have two teenage brothers, so I think my mind just automatically went to it was probably them. But after I have this flashback and I look back to all my time that I spent with this specific aunt, I'm wondering if maybe it was something deeper than that. So... A lot of things that I had found out in my life were because of her. It was like she was leaving me breadcrumbs everywhere I went. When my grandfather was unfortunately on his deathbed, she gave me his number and told me to call him. I didn't even know that I wanted to talk to him until she gave me the phone number. It had been since my father had gotten arrested, since I had spoken with him. And I don't know why she wanted me to talk to him, but I'm learning now that there is a lot of secrets behind the reason why he was not able to talk with us and how our relationship was severed by my parents. So I also remember her telling me some of her own story, which I will not share because it's not my place to, and about different encounters that she had with my father. And she had told me about an inheritance that was left to me by my great-grandparents when they had passed away and how my parents essentially stole it from me and my brothers. So 
I just kind of thought a lot about everything that she had helped me to realize. And it wasn't just like when I was an adult that she was telling me these things. It was when I was even a child, certain things like breadcrumbs, just little tiny breadcrumbs. And I don't blame her for not telling me the entire truth if she actually knew the entire truth because I know how terrified of my parents she is. It's probably the same amount of fear that I have. But it's like I kind of sit down and wonder like was it in fact websites that my brothers were looking up or was it websites that I myself was unknowingly on and maybe she thought that if she brought it to my attention then I would click on the sites and maybe see myself because I don't really remember anything being brought to my parents attention or to my brothers or like you know the talk that you would normally have now it very well could have happened and I just don't remember or I wasn't present when it happened but it's just one of those things that makes me go hmm you know just makes me think like is this something deeper because my mind definitely thinks it is There's other flashes that I'm having right now of other memories that are starting to surface and I don't really know how to explain how this all works because it's just so complex and sometimes I feel like I'm crazy or it doesn't make sense and it's like if I can't make sense of it how can I expect anybody else to? So right now, I'm in a dark room in this flash that keeps coming. And my arms and legs are tied to the chair that I'm sitting in. And I have a gag around my mouth. No idea where I am. No idea who did this to me. No idea what happened prior or after. It's just that. Me in the chair. So I have my protocol that I go through with my therapist and that I do by myself when I have flashbacks or resurfacing memories. So I'll keep you posted and hopefully it's not as terrifying as I feel because I can feel the terror that I felt when I was in that chair and I can feel the fear of what's about to happen to me even though right now at the moment I have no idea and that's sometimes just how flashbacks are so I kind of wanted to discuss a very important topic as well I wanted to show the difference in how the family dynamics are So I had one aunt who wanted to share with me and I really believe she wanted to tell me and she tried and 
she left me enough breadcrumbs for me to figure everything out. And honestly, if it wasn't for her, I don't think I ever would have. Now, me and her aren't on speaking terms right now. Um, totally separate situation. But as a child, I was always closest with her. And she always checked in on me. And she may not have been able to save me from my parents. And she may not have been able to just flat out tell me. Because it is kind of hard to tell someone they're a victim. Because they're going to have denial if it was someone like me who is trafficked by their own parents. They wouldn't believe an aunt over their own parents. So I totally understand if she knew and didn't tell me sooner. But she definitely did not keep secrets after I had escaped. But I have another aunt that I reached out to. I was going through an old email address that, God, I don't even think I've used that one since before I escaped. And I had noticed that she was emailing me um, on my birthday and anniversary, Christmas, and saying how my phone number wasn't working anymore because I changed it probably more than once since the last time I had spoken with her. And she had said that she had reached out to me on Facebook but wasn't able to, but I had blocked her. And I basically said to her, you know, I have no desire to talk to anyone in the family until they tell me the truth. I didn't tell her about her older sister that I had spoken to a while back. I had talked about how I called her like crying and asking to know the truth and she just never responded never called back or anything like that so you know I just told her I'm tired of people lying and keeping things from me about my parents so she's one that I've spoken about before she had been the one that was reluctant to help me with the violation of the restraining order because my father had called her with a bunch of nonsense. And anytime that I've talked to her about anything, it was always like, I don't want to get involved. That was the big thing. She's the I don't want to get involved on. And she wrote back and essentially said, you know, She's not sure how much answer she can give me about my parents because she wasn't around. Except she was. I mean, there was a point in my life when she didn't live close by, but she was around. I mean, we went to her house and stayed at her house when my father was arrested. So she, she was around. And she gave me this excuse so she said that her youngest sister had talked to her about the things that was done to her and that my grandfather was very protective of my father because he was an old Italian guy and with old Italian tradition, you protect the firstborn male. Last time I checked, that is not an Italian tradition to protect a pedophile. So it was just an excuse. But 
it kind of made me think like, well, there we go. My grandparents knew how involved they were. I'll never know because I found out everything after they had passed away already. And I'm not quite sure how important it is, but she also said that anything she does know is just the tip of the iceberg. And basically, she would answer any questions honestly, but she didn't think that, uh, how did she say it? She thought I would be disappointed because she didn't have as much information as I would be looking for. So I'm going to assume that everybody thinks the same thing that my husband did and that she just didn't know anything. And that's basically what she was saying. But see, the key thing is she said she only knows the tip of the iceberg, which tells me that she knows there's a huge iceberg floating underneath the water. So she knows more than she's ever going to let on. I didn't end up calling her. She asked me to, but I just, I know that it's going to be the same excuses and the same, I don't want to get involved or denials, lies, whatever you want to call it. So the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I had multiple aunts I had five on my father's side and two on my mother's side. The youngest on my mother's side is the only one that ever checked in on me and the only one that has ever told me anything. All the others just live in a state of denial. And what bothers me is before I was even born, everybody knew the type of people that my parents were. So why didn't they check on me? Why did they never ask me what was going on? Why didn't they ever intervene? Why didn't they ever do anything? They just went their own separate ways and thought if they're not looking at it, that it doesn't exist. It didn't exist in their lives, but it still very much did in mine. And the reason that I want to talk about this is because if you know something and you do nothing, you're giving permission for it to continue. Whether your intentions are good or bad is irrelevant. And I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad or say you're a horrible person. But if you have a suspicion that something may or may not be happening to your niece or nephew or your friend's children or something, check on them. We all talk about how we want to end sex trafficking, yet nobody is talking about how you should be checking on the children of your family members or the wives of your family members. Nobody talks about that part of it. And I think it's so important because people don't know. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know it wasn't normal. And had anyone in my family sat me down and talked to me about it and told me it wasn't normal, 
my whole life could have been different and I wouldn't have had to go through all the things that I went through. And even after I escaped, when I wanted to tell them, they didn't want to hear. And I also experienced that with my sister-in-law. When I tried to tell her, she just was like, I don't want to hear about it. And, you know, you have this whole movement, I guess you want to call it, on social media where people are saying we need to listen to victims and believe victims. But nobody thinks about the fact that a victim could be of somebody that you know, that you're close with, that you share a dinner table with. And that's when the denial sets in. And trust me, I understand. I sit back and I try to think about if somebody had told me that my husband had done something to them. And you know, if one person had said something, I don't know if I would 100% believe them. I mean, the only person that would say it is not a reliable source. We'll just leave it at that. But if multiple people had complained, eventually I would come to my senses and I would do something about it. But it seems like in some families, they just don't want to. And I've said what my brother had told me before that, you know, it's not that he didn't believe me. It's that it was hard to believe that our parents were the monsters that they are. But he eventually listened. And it was actually on my nine-year anniversary of my escape. I talked to him for three hours and told him everything that I remembered at that time. There's been a lot since. And it was the first time telling a member of my family, um, even my extended family, what had happened to me. And the first time anybody had actually sat down and listened. And it started because I had complained about my sister-in-law not wanting to hear it, but was attacking me on social media about something completely unrelated. And she was screaming that we need to listen to all victims and believe all victims. But yet she would sit down to dinner with my parents for holidays and she didn't want to hear about it because it would make that dinner difficult for her. So I get it. I really do. It doesn't make it right just because I understand it. But, you know, check on your family members. Familial sex trafficking, I firmly believe, is way more common than we know because there's a lack of reporting, because there's a lack of knowledge of what sex trafficking is, and the victim doesn't know that that's what's happening to them. And the only way to change that is to talk about it. And sometimes... You need to look for the signs in your nieces and nephews or your cousins. So that way, when you notice things, you can sit there and say to them, this is not normal. I'm going to keep you safe. Those are words that I had always wanted to hear. And I did not ever hear them until I married my husband. 
and it's scary to think of how many people out there don't know that they're being sex trafficked because they don't know what it is and in my case I knew that I was going to the clients houses and I knew all the things that were happening I just didn't know what it was called and I always thought that it was just sexual abuse or sexual assault and I mean the statute of limitations prevented me from doing anything if we're going to actually do something and actually make a change and try to end sex trafficking for good we have to kind of i want to say internalize it but i can't quite think of the word we have to start looking inside our small circles because statistically it's closer to you in your small circle than you think it is i mean the building that i live in has 16 apartments statistically two of them could potentially be sex traffickers and i mean i don't think anyone in my building is i've looked for signs of things and i haven't seen anything but it's like if it was happening how many people would notice i had talked about previously the little girl that was two doors down where i lived when my husband was in the military and the biggest thing was a different car out front every day that was the thing that i noticed and that made all the difference it's those little tiny details so just check on your family members you know the signs i don't know how to explain the signs that i showed other than what people have told me and the biggest thing was i was never wanting to go home i was always trying to find a way to live at somebody else's house or hang out there all the time or whatever it was i never wanted to go home and that was the biggest sign that people noticed and my neighbors and friends of the family they didn't really know what was happening they just knew something was and whether they tried to do something or not i don't know but look for things like that i mean you have to imagine this is a child that is being sexually assaulted multiple times a day by multiple people if they're wearing clothes in the summer with long sleeves and long pants that's a sign that there's something going on and i did it to hide bruises everyone just thought i was crazy and never felt the heat and i'm sure there's some medical thing that my parents had come up with to explain that away i never wanted to go home i talked to another person who I used to babysit his kids and his son went to school with my brother and he said that whenever I was at my brother's soccer games it, I just went and hung out with everybody else he thought I was a social butterfly my good friend from high school thought I just had a drug problem i mean there were so many signs that people saw but they just didn't know what it was 
So we have to open up a dialect and a conversation about that. And people need to start feeling that thing in their gut that tells them something is off. And when they feel it, they need to do something about it. Whether it's to call CPS, which I know there are some bad characters in there, or to call the police, but just not give up. And if it takes sitting that child down, your niece, your nephew, your best friend, whomever, and saying, listen, what's happening to you is not normal and I want to help you, then do that. Because a lot of us that were trafficked by our family, that's what we were waiting for. And it's like, I waited for help that never came. So be that help and go and go to that person. And if you know that your family member is a sexual predator because they were doing it before they had children, like my parents, check on their kids because people like this don't change and they don't stop until they're stopped. If I had not escaped... My parents would still be doing to me today what they had done to me my entire life if I was lucky to still be alive today. My aunt ended the little mini conversation with that she was glad to hear that I was okay and alive, that she was concerned. And I simply responded to her, of course I'm alive. I escaped my parents. What else could I say? I wanted to say so much more, but it would fall on deaf ears because if they didn't care about me 30 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago, they're not going to care about me anymore today. They want to hold on to they didn't know, they were clueless, or they were innocent in some way. But in my mind, every single person in my family that knew and did nothing is just as evil as my parents. Maybe even worse, because they could have stopped it and they made the choice not to. Life is all about choices. And if you choose not to do anything, that's your choice but it doesn't make you a good person. In my link tree, there are links to reporting to missing and exploited children, as well as the FBI tip line. You can report TikTok videos or Instagram posts on either of those. Obviously, if it's a child, go to missing and exploited children and... You can also make reports anonymously for your family members. If you don't want to get involved, get the authorities involved and let them handle it. Something, anything. I understand that if they had done something, when everything became aware, I probably would never have been born because my parents would have been in prison. But... Honestly, I wish somebody would have done something instead of, quote-unquote, 
keeping it in the family. It definitely would have saved me a world full of pain and a lifetime of all the crap that comes along with the trauma. So thank you all for tuning in and for the continued love and support. And please, please check on kids in your life that you're close with that you think something's happening to. If you have that gut feeling it's there for a reason, listen to it. Because you could be the one to save someone from sex trafficking. We can't save all the victims at once. But if you save just one and someone else saves just one and it moves on and on and on, then together we can end sex trafficking. Have a good night, y'all, and I'll talk with y'all soon.